Hello, Hockey World. It's Tuesday, October 4th, 2016. I'm Michael Agello. I'm Jillian Fisher. I'm Russ Cohen of Sportsology. And I'm Eklund, and you're watching Hockey Buzzcast on HockeyBuzz.com. Woo! Are you all right, Russ? It's not a very bad Oh, no, I'm good. I'm okay. Good. Was it just me, or did, didn't Russ sound a little bit, like, sad about something? Russ is not bringing his normal joie de vie, so I to speak. Give it a moment. I'm good. You need your, you need your normal energy, you know? Um, just not quite there. Not quite there. Okay. It's really not working for me at home. Um, all right. We have it. So, um, <laughs> all right, let's get to it. We have a lot to do today. So we're going to do, we're going to preview three hockey teams um, from the NHL. And that's what we decided. <laughs> I like doing. how you said from the NHL. Like what other hockey teams will we be previewing right now? Yeah, I, was say, I mean, are you we, know. Are we going to preview Avgard? Um, it's been a long summer, you know. We were, we were close, to, we we're getting close to review, previewing men's hockey league teams soon if this league hadn't, season hadn't started. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, this is where we are. we're going to start with uh, the Flyers. We're going to do the Penguins, and we're going to do the Capitals because that is the order that they finished from worst to best. Um, and although that's debatable, I guess with the Capitals and Penguins. So, but let's <laughs> but moving, but moving, but so I went yesterday. If you didn't get a chance to see it, um, and even if you did, Russ and Mike did a preview of the Rangers and the Sabers. So check that out yesterday. And we're going to be doing two or three a day to try to keep try to get this done in time for the regular season. And then, of course, we have our you know we had to do predictions, and all kinds of stuff. Too. What you guys missed also on the on the pregame, I destroyed my New York Jets hat. I did. Oh I no! What'd you do to it? I ripped it apart. Were you pissed the Jets? Is that what happened? Oh, okay, that's fair. They're a nice dumpster fire too right now, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's no other way to describe it. Other than no a dumpster that's fire. Really, that's the way. I mean, I don't. I usually don't like to use that because I but think that dumpster fire yeah. gets overused, and they're a dumpster fire. Hashtag Jillian Smack Smack Talk. There may be a lot of the Toronto Blue Jays hats being ripped tomorrow if uh, the result of a certain game tomorrow uh, tonight happens. Oh, so what's tonight? up with the baseball? Are they with that? With that? Wild, the, wild that's card. part of baseball. Yeah, wild card games tonight and tomorrow. Uh, uh, in Toronto. Oh, but the Blue Jays uh, made the playoffs. Blue Jays, Blue made, Jays the made the playoffs. Right, see, though, that's surprising to me because the, the, the funny thing about this because I don't, I barely pay attention to baseball at all. So the last night I was in Toronto, of course, they lost a really important game. Yeah. Like four to nothing. So it looked like things looked grim. Like well, they, it did look grim. For, fortunately for them, there was a team that was a bigger loser, and that was the Detroit Tigers, <laughs> who, lost, who lost two games to the worst team in baseball, the Atlanta Braves. So they so, kind of backed in, you're saying? They, no, they, yeah. they won the last two games against Boston, so they didn't back in. But, uh, you know, they, they got help. They got help. They got a lot of help. Well, because, it's good. When you need help, you should go to the Red hey, Sox. Jillian will have the Met game on tomorrow night. I know she will. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't really know if I have much choice in that matter. No, though, right you have now. no choice. So the wild card game yeah. is tonight. They start tonight, and then, um, of course, tonight is also the vice presidential debate in the United States oh, of America. Yeah. Okay. So watch- definitely baseball game. Yeah. yeah. Although game. both those guys will probably be president within a couple weeks. <laughs> 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 One of them will be. So you might want to watch the vice presidential debate. All right, let's start with our previews and let's start with those Philadelphia Flyers because they are the most, one of the most talked about teams right now on the hockey buzz for sure. Um, not just because we have a lot of Flyers fans, but because it's a very interesting preseason that we're seeing right now from them. Um, interesting prospects. I oh, Excuse me. Bless you, Mike. No, no, we won't excuse you. <laughs> All intentions to get down there on Monday night because, of course, I forgot while I was away that Monday night was Rosh Hashanah with my wife's 
Jewish, so we had. So I wasn't there last night, but um, yes. Yeah, so saying I'm a bad Jew because I was there. Is that what you're calling? <laughs> no, you're just not. You're just you're just married to a bad Jew, I guess. Because okay. I'm just kidding. No, that's not it at all. Um, no, I just think that my you know what I just I had to stay. I've been away for a couple weeks and I had to be there, so I was there. Um, and meanwhile, I was checking out the game, which apparently was pretty exciting. A uh, pretty good Flyers game. Flyers Rangers game last night. Uh, mm-hmm. Voracek scored a highlight goal. Get a chance to watch it um, to win that game. And Voracek looks like he's he's looks looks pretty good for the first couple games this season, which is nice. That's a big deal. If he's better, this team's outlook looks a lot better. <laughs> well, the fly the Flyers last year were 41, 27, 6, and eight. Made the playoffs on the last, but it was the last day, I believe. And then yep. Yep. Washington a run for their money. Um. I mean, why don't we just go go? They did okay. So that, I've got a bunch of things here. First of all, their Stanley Cup odds for the Philadelphia Flyers <laughs> are twenty-eight to one. Okay, so if you're just curious, I'm going to throw that out there. I got these for my teams when I was doing this. Um, their key additions um, are really light um, when you consider like the actual free agents that they went after. Um, Dale, Dale Weiss and Boyd Gordon. Um, Dale Weiss has a more of a chance of making an impact on this team. Uh, you know, and and is a is a, is kind of an, one of those underrated players. If I was to compare him to somebody from the Flyers' past, I would compare him to Sean Podine. How about that? I'll throw that out there. Um, as a player who has scoring potential, has some some abilities, and does seem to have like a little bit of toughness to him. Is that a fair comparison, Russ? Yeah, I think I think it is fair. I think Podine was a better offensive player, and Weiss is a little tougher, but it's pretty close. Yeah. Yeah, so that's um, and I think that you know, there's there were a lot of Podine fans. Podine was a great guy, obviously. Yeah. Um, did a lot of cool charity things while he was here. Um, departures. Um, Medvedev, we really barely knew him anyway. Um, he he was a, he was a an enigma wrapped in a something. Um, Ryan <laughs> Ryan White, which is a huge loss because Ryan White, honestly, this will be the big debate here if they should have kept Ryan White or signed Dale Weiss as the year goes on because no. Ryan White. I don't think it'll be. You don't, you don't think so. You think they made the right move there, Russ? Yes. I don't know. Um, not sure. Um, because Ryan White was at times he he showed a real scoring ability. Calgary fa- fans know him from before, of course, in Calgary, and he was people literally like Ryan White. He he's sure. a, I mean, he scored a few goals here and yeah. there. He definitely had toughness. He was one of the few that went to the net. But Weiss will do that too, and he'll score more. Yeah. It depends on what Dale Weiss you're getting. If it's the Dale Weiss from Montreal who contributed, then there's no question who the better the better of the two is. If it's the Dale Weiss that played in Chicago and hardly made a splash at all, then you might be missing White. Yeah, was that really his fault? You know, in Chicago, no, it, was the, it was where they put him. I yeah, think they brought him into Chicago thinking, you know, if we have injuries, you're going to help us out, and they didn't have the injuries, and they didn't go far in the playoffs, so that's where it ended. You know, um, they they're used to going four rounds and needing needing extra guys, and that's that's what he was brought in to do in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um. So the key points of this season are obviously, you know, the Flyers, like we said, barely made the playoffs last year, and they're in a Metro division that has gotten better um, all around them as well. You know, and of course, the actual key additions are the question marks of whether or not the Flyers are going to keep their two superstar young players in right. Um, in that they've got, you know, Provorov and Konechny are making quite a splash in camp, as was expected. And at the, so Provorov is obviously a defenseman. Konechny was the guy they traded up for, both from the first round last year. Both um, both stud players. Konechny, very similar in some ways to um, if you you know I, I always I tell Flyers fans around here if you like Claude Giroux, you're going to like Konechny. He's very similar to him in some ways, but just a little bit 
more feisty maybe than Giroux at times. Not quite the passer that Giroux is, but maybe a maybe a better scorer than Giroux. So it's hard to that's at least what I can I wouldn't say. say that yet. I wouldn't okay. say that. Yeah. Um but but very exciting. Exciting players. And both these guys are the keys. Um there are some other guys that you know um that might be a factor too. And then finally the thing I'll say um, is the goaltending, which is, you know, for Philadelphia is going to be fascinating because you have both goalies are not signed next year. Both goalies are playing for contracts. And as Mace, as good as Mason has looked, Neuverth was amazing last year at the end of the year and in the playoffs. So, But Neuverth hasn't played a full, what, more than 48 games since 2010 or 2011. Right. So, I yep. mean, when you, when you stretch him out for a full season – who knows what's going to yeah, happen. So, yeah. But the one thing the Flyers fans can rejoice in is that they really don't have to worry about their goaltending for the season. It should be okay. Should, like they, they shouldn't have to worry about having a uh, an interesting goalie or a goalie that you can't always count on. Like they, one of those two right. should always be there. Which, of course, has always been a um, problem in Philadelphia yeah. for those who, um, you know, in, in Jillian's entire lifetime. And for those My of us. entire life. But I mean, but, you know, and ironically, when I was a kid was the goal was the Flyers strength to for years and years and years. They had great goalies, but that stopped quickly around 1987. Um, so Neuverth is the prototypical one B goaltender. He's good. Yeah. He can play 30 games, 35 games. No problem. If, if the starter is not a guy who can play 60. But if you go to him as a number one, as it has it been shown in the past when he was number one in Washington for a time, he really didn't thrive. So I think the role he's in right now is fine, and the tandem that you have is is good there. Mm-hmm. But right now, what you what you have is a situation where I mean their offense is the same. I think the key to that team is their defense, and is whether Proforoff makes the team, whether Sanheim makes the team, whether they can get as much out of Strait and McDonald uh, this year as they did at the end of last year. Well, here's what I can tell you. I mean, I, I've seen every preseason game pretty much. Maybe I missed one on on television. Uh, Strike, you know, he, he, he looked good in the World Cup for like a week, and then he didn't look good. And he hasn't played in the preseason. Maybe yeah. he played a game, I'm not sure, but I haven't seen him live. Yeah, I'm a little worried about Mark Strike. Yes, can he handle the power play? Sure, but I'm not sure he should play the top power play for long. I'd probably have Gosta Spear on the top power play and put him on the second, but I think they're going to have to transition into that, so that's going to take a little bit. Uh, I agree. We are going to be see again. Nick Schultz. What is Nick Schultz now? I don't know. He's Where a big he gonna... he's, It's kind of like Gudis or Schultz. It feels like you need one of them and not both of them. Like to right. me, it, it feels like you know you need one of them for sure to have like a veteran defensive guy who's going to yes. be in there. And I mean, Gudis gets suspended slash hurt a lot. Um, Schultz is Schultz is such a great character guy. Like he could easily be a captain on this team. He's he's really one of those. He, he's he's really admired that much by the players on the team. So. I think that that's a little bit of the a little bit of the issue. I think that they would love to move Strite, and they've tried to move Strite. Um, whether or not, and I think even now, I think now they're looking at it still because of the you know maybe the World Cup of Hockey raised his value a little bit. I don't yeah, know. This is what's this is what's blocking Provorov. But the thing is, like even the hit last night, since VC came right back into the game, Gudis isn't going to get a uh, suspension. So the fact that he won't get a suspension doesn't help out any, you know, doesn't help out Provorov, doesn't help out Moran. I'm pretty sure Moran's going to get sent down. I, I you know, he, we saw, all saw a few gaffes last night that are going to happen if he stays at the NHL level. He's not ready yet. Provorov is really close. I mean, he looks great in the preseason. I haven't seen any problems with him. I like what I've seen. The shots get through. Pucks get to the net. That's all that matters with him. 
He's strong. Yeah. He makes smart, long, smart passes, good passes, but they have pro- contract problems. And so Andy McDonald has looked good. Are you yeah. going to put him back in the A? No, no, you're not. Are you going to sit Gudis or or Schultz or trade one of them? I guess they'll try. But the the end of the day, Provorov has to play a top four to really get his minutes, unless they're going to have a special exception where they put him at the five, but he plays minutes more minutes than Gudis and more minutes than Schultz. If he doesn't, you're sort of wasting him. And that's and the they, big that's what Hextall's struggling with. And, and they it, tried a little bit in the preseason, right? They they, yes. they tried they tried they gave Provorov what almost thirty minutes one game, I think, just yes. to see what he could do in that kind of situation. And he looked great in that situation. Um he yes. looks like a guy who can play the entire game. He's got that thing going on. Well, um, I mean, the, the situation with Provorov in Philadelphia is the same that's going on in Toronto with Mitch Marner. If they play like if if Profarov's in the top four and he's productive and he can handle it and and, and you know he's got a, he's amazing an amazing talent then you then you burn the first year of the deal that's fine he's bettering your team just like with Marner if he's on the top yeah. six in Toronto fine but if they're if he's playing third line in Toronto if he's playing fourth line and Profarov's on the bottom pairing why waste a year of entry level? When you can have them go back to junior, have play another year, gain a little experience, get stronger, and come back the next year and and probably be a better pro next year. So I think that's the dilemma for Ron Hextall and the dilemma for Lou Lamorello in Toronto. It's um it's tough. I mean, I think I think when you when the one thing you have to remember about this team last year is the simple fact that during the regular season, in the beginning of the year, they were horrible. They had the first what, ten games? They were they, they had like one or two wins. They were really bad. They were really bad to like November. Yeah, which is which corresponded with the arrival of Shane Goss's guest. Um which helped them a lot. Uh, crazy echo, sorry guys. Um uh, trying to get the six. I don't know how to fix it. Um let me, let me just uh I'm not hearing any echo. You guys I am, I am, yeah. You guys all mute yourself for a second, just for one second, so I can see if that works. Maybe and unmute it was coming from you, Jillian, apparently. So even though you're not hearing it, you're creating it. It's very matrix. Very matrix of you. Okay, you're okay now. It's all right. I think that helped. All right, so keep yourself muted for one second. So and then um I'm gonna ask you a question actually. Because here's the so here's the thing. Um from, from the point Gosses arrived last year, if you were to look at the record at that point, the Flyers were like the second best record in the NHL on. They had a great season after that. So from mid-November on, they were a very good team and much better than people expected. They didn't this is a team though that they didn't want to bring Gosses up last year. They they wanted to wait and let him play in the AHL. He's a sort of a different case because what you saw with him was that he didn't blow the AHL away, but when you put him with talented players, he was much better. He was um, older too though. He's older too, and that plays into it too. Um, Provorov, I think, is different in Mar- than Marner in a lot of ways because of the fact that he's, first of all, physically just completely ready to play in the NHL, where Marner's right. smaller. Um, right. Provorov, there's no, I think that's the biggest, seems to be one of the biggest issues with Marner um, is his size, but Provorov doesn't have any issues when it comes to size. Um, and the other thing that people are really forgetting about is Del- Michael Delzato, who last year was coming into his own when he got hurt. He was a big factor for them. He brings he he and Gossip are very similar players, and they bring you know. But what you're seeing here, and this is what I wanted to ask you, Jill, is like I think we're seeing the Flyers' defense is basically being assembled. Gossip here, Delzato, Provorov, Sanheim, this defense of the future. This is like the Penguins' defense in a lot of ways, um, offensive defensemen. 
Yeah, I was also going to say, I, I don't think that the Flyers, like, maybe the most interesting thing to watch for them is their defense. But for me, the point of concern is their goal scoring uh, and their, their bottom six. Yeah, to yeah. me, that seems to be more interesting. Yeah, I'm excited for the Flyers' defense. I think that they, if you look at it maybe in a team in two years, that that's exciting to think about it because that's been a problem for the Flyers for how long, really? It's for years now. Um, and But what I'm looking at are players – like in the bottom six, I, you know, yeah. we talked about who they got in the offseason. I, I mean, they're they're good additions, but are they really when you compare them to a team like the Pittsburgh Penguins, who have a solid, they they run a solid four lines. The, right, the, right. They're they're nowhere near that in my mind. And yes, they may have a chance to get into squeak into the playoffs again. I think it's it can happen. I mean, they need players like Jake Voracek to step it up this year. I mean, you know, he had a lot of problems last year, so. I, I'm more interested in looking at their their bottom six and just their goal scoring in general. So with their bottom six, before we talk about connecting, Lubomov got on the board yesterday again. Sorry, what, I, what was that? I didn't hear you. I'm sorry. Robin Lu, Roman Lubomov oh, okay. got on the board again yesterday, and I think he's a big upgrade to um, to Chris Vandegold. So I, I think that change is going to be made. And if that change is made, that's a big change just from a skating standpoint. Because Andy can't skate. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I am a little. I guess I'm also tame, like taming expectations because people forget how rough it was in the beginning of the season, and it's a long season. 82 games is a long time. A lot changes in, in those games, and it. I think the problem with the Flyers is right now they are right on that border of. Are they going to be right outside the playoffs or right inside? And that's a horrible spot to be in because essentially if you're not making it, you're not really helping yourself at all. You're just one spot out, which is like the worst spot to be in in the NHL, really. Well, what you're saying is they're going to be in the same spot as they were last year. Yeah, their changes they made were so minimal, but that's really all they have to work with because of the mess that was given to Hextall beforehand. Right. Right. And and, and that's where where I think, you know, you're going to – you're going to let Streit's contract get out. You know, he's got one more year left this year, and then he's a UFA. I mean, you could see if, if Philadelphia takes a, a, a turn for the worse and they're, you know, say eight to ten points out of a playoff spot, you could see them be major sellers at the deadline with guys like Streit and Delzato because they want to get something for them. Uh, I, yeah, I do want Eck to know, Eck, you, you did miss one addition, Robin Lubomoff, and I think – He's going to make it over Vandevelde. That's what we were talking about. I, I think he's got a little more offense, but he's a much better skater. Okay. He's physical, too. And I think that was a good addition. So I think that's something where that'll strengthen their, their bottom line, too. So even if they're missing Ryan White, they also have him. I mean, the thing to remember about the Flyers is that they, they made the playoffs last year. They were very good, like I said, from November on, and they really had marginal years from their best players. I mean, Giroux and Voracek were very marginal at best last year. If yeah. Giroux and Voracek are Giroux and Voracek and they continue to play at the high level that they played last November, they're a playoff team, no questions asked. They have the ability to do that. The question is whether or not they can keep that. So to me, and, and I think that, you know, I think I believe, you know, just from talking to people I've talked to, that Provorov is staying and Konechny isn't. That's my f- opinion. But I think Konechny might stay for a few games. Well, um, I think they both deserve the nine games. I know Hexto doesn't like it. At the end of the day, I think it's Konechny or Reed. And Vandevelde might get to stay because Lawton's been awful. And so yeah. Lawton 
probably doesn't have a spot on the team the way I see it. Vandevelde has very much replaced Matt Reed in a lot of ways. Um, and I think that that's, that's, that's accurate. And I, I think they'll give Konechny a chance at this day. And I know Flyers fans are desperate for him to stay. I mean, I, I get hit every – the most common question I get right now from everybody who's instant messaging me or whatever they're saying, is Konechny and Provorov staying? And Hextel, Hextel seems like – one person put it really well today. She wrote to me, she's like, Hextel's the, uh, the only GM in the league who could be pissed off about having two great players on his and two great rookies in his training camp. Like it seems like, like he doesn't, he's not happy about having these two players there. And so, I think so. that that's, you know, although that is, you know, a, definitely an overstatement over, over simplification. I think that this is faster than Hextall was prepared to bring them in. Uh, Gossipier was faster than he was prepared. And a lot of this is also remember the flyers. It can never be overstated that Ed Snyder's not there, not there anymore matters a lot in what these kind of decisions are. And Ed Snyder was the kind of guy that the newest and great latest had to be a part. Like if Ed Snyder was here, Konechny and Provov would be here, you know, uh, for sure. Um, but now there's almost a, I want to, I want to say like a reverse psychology thing going where they're, they're almost saying, you know, we don't have to do that anymore. So we're really going to keep a, keep a good, keep, make sure we get this right. Um, beyond even what they maybe should be doing. But I think that that's always the safest way to go. It was more conservatively. So they're going more conservatively. Um, but maybe to a little bit of the extreme, I think. So it's hard to say, but you know, I think that they're they're, they're going to be a better team than they were last year. I really believe. I was going to say. So let's let's make a let's because we did this. Russ and I did this in terms of let's make sort of a prediction of what they're. I mean, do you think that I think they're a team that's going to be in that eight to eleven range that they'll either just make the playoffs or you know be one of the wild cards or finish within six to ten six to ten points of the playoffs? Huh. No, I don't want to do my prediction. Okay. My whole thing. But, but I will say that I, I'm just going to say whether I think a team's a playoff team or not. Um, and I think that they are a playoff team. Uh, I, I, think, I, I think they're better than you guys are thinking they are. That's my, but I don't know that. That's well, but, I, when you look around the league. Yeah. When you look around in their, in their, their division and conference, there are teams that are just going to run on them. And, right. and that's not, I mean, the flyers are doing what they can with what they had. And I think they're doing a great job there's only so much you can do when you have that kind of cap problem. And I think they're handling it pretty well. I mean, yeah. I know people are going to start getting antsy and I think you're going to see that in the middle of the season where fans are going to be like, we are so close to being good. Why aren't we good right now? Yeah. Um, oh, right. And, that's, no, and right. I think that's where we're going to start seeing actual problems. In the middle the, of the season. Yeah. The end of the day, at the end of the day, you're right, Jillian. And last year I didn't think they were going to make it and they made it on the last day. If they didn't make it on the last day this year, it wouldn't shock me. No, it's going to be so close, and I think they're going to be in that really tough position of they might just make it, and they're going to be one or maybe two spots out, and that's that's really tough. Well, okay, well let's 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 move on to the you next. You guys know I'm better at predicting this than you are, so let's move on to the um, Penguins. <laughs> and um, no, I'm just kidding. No, obviously last year I was, but that's uh, we'll talk about that later. Um, anyways, <laughs> in a year we'll talk about that in a year. The Penguins, um, the Pittsburgh Penguins, had a pretty good year last year. They won the Stanley Cup. Um, that's always a bonus. Um, we'll give them. We'll give them. We'll give them a big star for the winning the Stanley Cup. They had a crazy regular season that was unbelievably up and down. We uh, there were points last year that we thought the Penguins were totally lost, and we felt as if. And we on this very podcast, of course, we discussed this at length and said these guys have completely lost it right there's well it wasn't up and down it was down then up really right. totally down well, well, Bennett, he, he when i interviewed him at this at the stanley cup media day he acknowledged that he said they were down in the dumps they were completely in in you know in trouble 
and so what we were saying was accurate and what was happening was accurate, but then they got turned around. Yeah. That's exactly what happened. And and they they, you know, Mike Sullivan did all the right things, brought in the young players. Um, that was enormous for them. They really had, you know, had this unbelievable brought in, brought, in, brought in the young players, but also played, you know, had Sidney Crosby play like Sidney Crosby. Didn't have him, you know, playing a, a sort of, not, not a dump and chase, but a, more of a puck possession. You know, they had everybody playing a, sort of a puck possession role, and that was really not what that team was built to do. When you have offensive talent like Kessel, like Malkin, like Crosby, you need to let them fly. You need to let them create. And I think Sullivan sort of let you know, let go of the reins a little bit and let them play. And there was a lot, there was a lot of talent there. And I think that was the big thing that happened in the second half of the season. They allowed, they allowed their players to play. And then, in, you know, they caught lightning in a bottle at the end of the year. And one of the benefits of the Kessel deal was to have him play on a third line and provide matchup problems. And the and the and you know, Jim Rutherford deserves a lot of credit for what happened last year, adding Daly, adding uh, uh, Hagelin. Uh, and and giving and providing matchup problems during the playoffs. So the question is now, you know, what's next for this team? Yeah, and what is next? I mean, they they have lost a couple players. I just lost my notes. I'm trying to find out. Um, well, they lost Ben Lovejoy. He went to New Jersey. Right. Um, but they have, you know, pretty much, you know, the the goaltending situation is the same. But Matt Murray is out for six weeks after breaking his thumb during the World Cup. So they're they're probably very happy that they didn't trade Mark Andre Fleury because he's going to probably. Oh, yes goaltender for the at least the first month of the season but essentially it's the same team it really is I mean you know you're they're going to be depending they're going to be depending on a Derek Pouliot to step in uh, into their top six and if he doesn't do it now I don't know when the hell he's ever going to do it because he's he has you know been seasoning in the AHL for a few years um, but this is essentially the same team and I don't know if it's going to be easy for them to repeat their success but you know, there's still a lot of talent there. It's also different trying to repeat that success when you come in as a coach on a team on such a downslide, and then you come in and the, you, when you change the culture like that, players respond to it. We see it a lot. That's why sometimes when you fight, a coach gets fired and a new one comes in, all the players react usually in a pretty positive way. So coming in and now, you know, he has a full season ahead of him. That's different. That's a little bit different. If any team is looking like they could repeat, I, I do think it is the Penguins, but that doesn't mean that they should get ready for the parade right now. Like It's not an right. easy – the physical and emotional toll of, of Stanley Cup – winning a Stanley Cup is pretty intense. And I think, if anything, that's when it's going to start to show is when you start getting closer to the playoffs and you start getting into these physical series that you have. You know, you're fighting out you know, six, seven games. That's when I think it really could come back to them. I, I just I think that they're pretty much the same team, and it, they could repeat. If any, looking at teams around the league and teams that have, you know, that we thought maybe they could repeat, this Penguins team is so similar to what they were before. Well, it, it's it you know it's good talent, it's good planning, but it's also good luck that last yes. year, the, you know, Latang stayed healthy, Mata after some problems early in the year stayed healthy. Um, you know, they, they didn't have any major injuries, although, you know, Malkin played hurt during the playoffs, supposedly, um, that, you know, during the playoffs. So it, it, they had their full team there. I mean, expecting Latang to stay healthy through 82 games is a, is a big assumption because he's not, he never has. He's, it was amazing right. that he 
he, he stayed together all, all year last year. And the thing is, if Latang goes down, there's nobody to replace him. He's integral to that team being able to have any kind of success. And we know, you know, he was in the mix for the Norris. And he, and really, if they, if he was out, I don't think that they would have made the Stanley Cup final. Mike, I have a question for you. So you said it's part of it's about luck, or just some things go your way. If the Penguins didn't have that kind of moment and they didn't come together at the exact right time and play the Washington Capitals when they did, do you think that the Capitals may have it may have finally broken their streak? Do you think they could have gone to the final maybe? I, yeah, because they because they finally would have slain the beast. That that team has always been you know that's that team has always been their problem. You know, the, the Ovechkin could never get by Sidney Crosby. You know, St. Louis could never, St. Louis could never get past the past the Blackhawks. Finally, they did. Now they they fell they fell short and they lost to San Jose, but they got to the conference they got to the conference final. You know, it, it, you have to slay the beast to be able to to get past them. And yeah, I mean, I think that if Washington had, had won after winning the President's Trophy, after after Holpe having the great year that he did, after Ovechkin having another 50 goal season, that that would have spurred them on to maybe winning their first Stanley Cup, but it didn't happen. So, I mean, we're going to talk about them in a few minutes, but I, I just think, you know, it, it is difficult for teams to repeat, and I'm, I'm not expecting Pittsburgh to repeat, but I am I'm expecting them to make the playoffs unless there's a major injury like a Latang or like Crosby or Malkin. If that happens, then they slip 8 to 10 points down in the standings, and they could be in the mix for a playoff spot like Philadelphia is going to be. I don't see I don't that see happening, that. them slipping there at all. I think that, I think that they are really um... – First of all, you have to think about Crosby is just at the top of his game right now, right? And he's going into the season with more confidence again. He just won another award. He won—I mean, he's just won every possible award you can win in hockey. Um, and he's—he's he's just getting better and better and better. You know, Malkin. I think last year was a big year for Malkin because he—he he had to overcome a lot of personal stuff. You know, like there's a lot of personal stuff. Sorry, what's going on there? Stop it. Um, so there was a lot of personal stuff with Malkin that he went through, and I think that. You know he's happy to be a penguin right now, which is good. He's ready to go. Um, that's big. I mean they they really the really only key loss I would say would be Lovejoy. You know, and he's not a big loss on defense. They have they have the players, but he was a he was a good solid player for them, but not the kind of guy you can't reacquire at some point. You know to help you in the in a stretch run. You know that's that's how I see it. if if they need to go get a Lovejoy, they can get they can get a guy like that. Right, he's he's out there. Yeah, I I think their big thing. I mean, Sprong won't even get a chance to play till like December, so yeah. they don't really have any additional youth coming in. It's the same guys, which is fine, but you're still going to have to get the same magic out of Kunakle, out of Rust, and out of Kanashiri. And if you don't, then you yeah. kind of wonder their defense is okay. I think with the system they play and the guys they have, they'll be fine with that. I don't think it's stellar, but I still think it's you know it's bad, it's it's good, and it's good enough. I mean, so, they played with such emotion, and they played on they such a high for such it is hard to it is not impossible to imagine that that couldn't continue well that, murray that, was a big reason though that they yeah they had a season the season they did flurry is now going to have to do this from the start which he's pro- fully capable of but yeah. but he's going to have to really do that from the start and tristan jerry's now the backup and so that's under uncharted water so they're not exactly the same but right. they should still be a playoff team yes I think they're a playoff team. And also what we we don't know what Matt Murray is all about. There are people out there that really think that Matt Murray is the real deal. I mean, in every stretch of the imagination. I mean, why would we think he isn't at this point? No, I'm with you. I mean, there is no reason to think he isn't right now. Um, and the way he's looking, he he was so good. I really think that his injury along, you know, would have 
made a big difference in the World Cup of Hockey. I think he stays in there. I think they beat Sweden in that game. Yeah. I think, you know, and I and he he really does remind me of Carey Price. I'm watching them in that tournament together. There is so there are so many similarities between the two of them, and it's a high praise to put on him, I know, but he's got that thing that he just calms the team down in front of him, which for the Penguins is exactly opposite of what Marc Andre Fleury did for them. And that that is why he was so good. That's why there was such a it's, it's as if they got exactly what they've been missing. And it's unfair on Fleury, but they just it's like when you have a when you have a really hard ass coach and you have a really easy coach, you know, you, you get that bump because you're the easy coach. It just that change is so drastic between Murray and Fleury that um, that you could see that the Penguins were just like they just exhaled and started playing hockey. And, and you know, as much as we talk about Sullivan's rise and how much Sullivan got, the, the biggest thing may have been Matt Murray. That might have been the biggest thing for the Penguins last year because it and it it was Matt Murray's goaltending and stability that gave that offense the ability to do what they wanted to do. And that well, I mean, changed everything. Cool. Goaltending is the great equalizer, but I think right. that you know Russ's point is is pretty apt in the sense that you know fairy dust was sprinkled on Rust and Kunakel and Sheary, and it was it was emotional and it was you know there was momentum there in the second half of the season and through the playoffs. You know these guys really didn't show any kind of upside potential to be really successful NHLers. I mean you know maybe they would have been. Uh, they they fit into the construct of that team. The question is whether that was all just the momentum and just the emotion of last year, or whether they can actually carry that forth for two, three, four years down the line. That will be the interesting thing because if right. they don't, then the bottom six of their lineup, which has been a problem for that organization for years and years, you know, yeah. and everybody's zeroing in on Crosby and Malkin. And if you stop them, you stop stop the Penguins. Then that comes right back because you know those players helped. Spread out the offense. Spread out the uh, the the roles that needed to be totally. played. Totally. And and if that doesn't happen, then it's going to be t- easier to stop the Penguins. No, I totally agree. Um, and if there's one team that can stop the Penguins, it would probably be the Washington Capitals. Um, the Caps, you know, last year had a record-breaking season. I mean, they were as good in the regular season as anybody's been for a long time. Um, the addition, obviously, their big thing last year was bringing in Barry Trotz, who was just phenomenal they they adjusted to his system incredibly quickly um and really were just as dominant as you could be in the regular season and then of course ran into the buzzsaw that was the pittsburgh penguins um and i think you know i think we're suffered a little bit from a pretty physical series against the flyers before that that where they lost a couple players and then you know they could they couldn't take the penguins out they um they had a lot of departures um uh, some interesting player I mean not huge players but they lost Chimera who I was gonna been... say that's a pretty big one though that's I would yeah. I would put that in that category that's a of the three teams we've talked about that's the biggest one yeah I think Chimera yeah and and you know and because he was such a lack of a better word jerk you know like um and he really got oh, under team's skins player. you know yeah. and he and he, and he and he also could he also could contribute points and he and but he was really mainly Chimera was really like a nuisance and that made the Penguins harder to play against, which was one of the things that made the Penguins good last year um, because they have not always been a physical, violent, rough, rough team to play against. You know? So you're right. I think you're right. That, if Mike Richards is gone. Um, Michael Lotta has gone. Um, Mike Weber's gone. So they added Lars Eller, who was... Um, <laughs> that's that's awesome. been, yeah. Yeah, that's a big that's a big ad because I mean Lars Eller, people forget, like he was part of the Halak trade, right? When, this, when the St. Louis Blues got Halak, yeah. Um, from the from the Canadians, Lars Eller went the other way, and at that point, Halak was very valuable. That was like a big player to get, 
for, for St. Louis did not want to move Lars Ellers. They, they moved him because they wanted, they wanted to get a lock um, very badly. But, and then in Montreal, Eller was just misplayed all over the map. I mean, in my opinion, you know, and here in Washington, he might really become the player that, that you expect him to become. He's a big guy. He's a powerful guy. Mike, he's a, he's a guy that, okay. If you put him in a top six role, you are, you are misplacing him. He's not a top six forward. He's a big forward. As you said, he's a good two way player. If he's your third line center or a third line winger, then Barry Trotz has got him in the right place. That's what he is. He's their third line center. And uh, that's how they see him at least right now. Right. So, you know, and he's, you know, he's a, he's a, even playing poorly, he's been putting up 14, 15 goals in general. That's usually, and not playing poorly, but just not, I mean, when you can get 15 to 20 goals out of your third line center, you're happy. And that's, that's what I think they're going to get out of him. Mm-hmm. Any ability to jump up, any ability that he does actually has also shown in his career to play better with skilled players, and he didn't have a lot of them to play with in Montreal. So he's got more skilled players to play with here. I think that'll be interesting to see. I'm just, just watching some previews in the preseason and seeing he's fit in really well with their power play, which has been kind of surprising. Um, and but you can see that he's a skilled player, right? So he's you don't think of him as a power play guy, but maybe he is a power play guy. We just have never seen him on a team that that utilized that. So. I mean, they really did make a big point out of the fact that they thought they were slow against the Penguins last year. They thought the Penguins were faster than them, and they really felt like that affected them. Which is um, interesting because Chimera yeah. had speed. That's the one thing I thought he that like I'm not disagreeing with the you know that he's no longer there and the moves that were made, but it's just to me that's the most interesting thing because that's what everyone was harping on was the speed, and Chimera was one of their one of the speedy players yeah. that they had. Well, it's it's not a it's point. not a crime to admit that Pittsburgh was faster because I think Pittsburgh in the playoffs was the fastest team in the league. I yeah, mean, they were faster than everybody. I think Washington was an above average skating team. I just think Pittsburgh with these water bugs like Sherry, <laughs> and you know, really, I mean, he's a he's a he's a little guy and he flies all over the place. I mean, they, that provides matchup problems when you have bigger guys like Tom Wilson. And Tom Wilson is a you know a very effective checking guy but when you have big guys like that sort of lumbering around and you got this little water bug dancing around Sheary it's it provides matchup problems well you know here's the thing though so when you know losing Richard Richard's got exploited right he was just anytime he was out there they just killed that line so but right now in camp they cut Jakob Verana who is a small you know like a 5'11 really speedy guy with a lot of skill can score goals and Zach Sanford is a much bigger kind of college guy who's a little slower has a better chance of making the team now this is the the barry trotz effect yes and and so we're gonna see what this really does because i spoke to verona about a month ago and he was hell-bent on making the team he thought he was gonna make the team he did everything he needed to do he talked about how his intensity was up everything and i think he's losing out because of size not because of anything else and verona verona was very important for hershey Beating the Marlies last year in the Eastern uh, Conference Final, you know they ended up losing to Lake Erie, but I mean, he was he was a cog for them offensively, and look, it looks like a player who's borderline right now uh, to make the NHL. But if they're going the direction of adding more size and being more like Barry Trotz was in Nashville, then I think that's going the wrong direction. If they end up matching up with Pittsburgh again or a team that has that speed, then they're going in the wrong direction there. Stanford six four, so but Trotz also does. Nashville teams were always very fast too, so Trotz is also about speed. He's not a he's not a non-speed. No, guy. no, no. I know that, but it just seems like the smaller additions that they're doing. Yeah. 
now they're looking for more size. That's all. And I, I wouldn't be shocked if we saw Verona in the NHL a lot this year and actually, you know, see him make an impact. It feels like one of those players that, you know, that we've seen before who gets cut going into camp, but then suddenly is a majorly important player. Well, you know, not I mean, different like a Gossas Vier last year type player. I could see. I mean, the one thing you have, the one thing you you have to, I mean, realize with this team. I mean, not that they're going to take a step backward after this year, but you know, they brought in they brought in Justin Williams to win a Stanley Cup. You know, he's that winning player, the Mister Game Seven. His contract is up after the end of this end of this year. So is T.J. Oshie, Carl Alsner, who will probably hit the jackpot in free agency because there are not that many defensemen out there. He's only making less than $3 million and he's yeah. the right age. He probably could make five to six, you know, five to $6 million oh, yeah. in free agency and probably will. So you're going to have some dilemmas here. Big time um, dilemmas. Right. And, that, and they're not going to trade them off because they're going to be in competition with the Stanley cup. They're going to keep these guys all the way to the end. But the thing is, once you get past this year or, mm-hmm. you know, is just are they going to re-sign Justin Williams? Are they going to bring back Oshie, give him an extension? Are they going to re-up Alsner? I mean, the team will be dramatically different after this season. Especially if they don't win. Like, right. they, the yeah. thing was, they said what they were coming into the second year of that mark where they said they have two years. They right. have two years to win yeah. a cup. And then after this season, that, that time is up. And it's true. They have this season. And then if, if they don't make it this season, then the team is going to look drastically different. One player that I didn't hear anybody mention was Beagle. Um, he, I thought he did yeah. a lot in the series against the Pens. Um, I thought he could have been a third-line center, uh, yep. but with Eller, that's not going to happen. But I'm still interested to see how he continues to push forward this season. It's a great call because I, I actually thought last year – we talked about him on the show last year. I, he's a player that I kind of fell in love with. I think that he's way underrated, and he will take over those Oshi, – like Oshi or Justin Williams eventually. He will be that guy who takes those spots. Um, and he is. He is. He shows some scoring prowess in the playoffs, I think, even the year before that, correct? Like he has, he's shown some abilities to be um, – to be quite the uh, quite quite the interesting clutch player at clutch times, you know. And can Brooks Orbick still play in the league? We don't know yet. Yeah, that's a big if. That's definitely a big if. Um, and, and, and you know, the thing is, if if not, then they can put they can put his his salary on long term injury, and they can go out and replace him. But I mean, you know, it's it's a and that's a big ticket. He's making over five million dollars, and at best, you know, after his injury problems. Maybe a bottom pairing guy, but that's that's about it. I don't. I, don't I mean, yeah. And the one thing I want to throw out before we do get off of here is this: is this question? I think that's really interesting to me. Is that has is Ovechkin starting to lose his competitive edge and accept the fact that he's not going to win things? And I got. No, I just think he'll get blamed. He will get blamed, but I, I get there was a very weird sense of the World Cup of Hockey with him. Um, for whatever it is, I just I felt as if. You know, I th- I think he was very unhappy on the team. First off, I'll say that. Yeah, I, think I just that, think that's how Team Russia runs things, and it saps yeah. the life out of some of their stars. Yeah, and it really saps the life out of him. Um, he might come in just you know loaded for bear and ready to kill, and that that would be good for him. Obviously, that's what he needs to do. But that he was really he really hated. You could tell he hated that team. He hated the t- way he was playing. Yeah. I mean, I heard him. I heard Russian players say all the time, "Why don't we have an NHL coach?" That kind of thing. That was like that was to them. They didn't have an NHL coach, and the other coaches were NHL coaches. And I think you, I think you put put your finger on it. I think that's the that's the yeah. real problem is the fact that he every time he plays internationally for Russia, they have they're playing with like they have one hand tied behind their back yeah. because they're not they're not matching up to Babcock or they're not matching up to Ralph Kruger. They're not even yeah. matching up to John Tortorella, if you can believe it. 
Well, I can't, but yep, we'll stay. We'll start there. Um, we'll be back again tomorrow for sure. My clock is an hour off. I think that's pretty hilarious. I don't know why. I guess I guess maybe time changed while I was away and no one told me. Um, <laughs> we'll be back tomorrow. Remember that the buzz. It is just hockey. Uh, we'll be previewing three teams tomorrow. I don't think we picked them yet. So no, uh, one of them will be the Islanders because we'll have Dan on the show. Okay, we'll do the Islanders. Tomorrow. The Islanders are going to be that's going to be a fun team to watch. So check out that too. There's a there's a lot going on and um, enjoy the games tonight. And remember that the buzz is just hockey. We will talk to you soon.